Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, welcome to the Tim Burns Show. I'm your host, Tim Burns, the common man with common sense and an uncommon desire to know the truth. Well, it looks like we're going to do a lot of bouncing all over the place today and getting to a lot of different items just to clean up my stack here in the first place. But I wanted to touch on two things first regarding yesterday's show, and I'm hoping to have a little bit of time to make another comment or to go a little deeper on the whole, the Ken Burns going off what he started, well, what Obama, what Obama crassly labeled us all as, and Ken Burns more sophisticatingly called us all racist. We're all racist. We haven't overcome anything. And the Obama presidency, the Obama election is proof of it. Well, the bottom line is, Who had the greatest opportunity to change the landscape, to implement items, to tackle these problems of racism between the races? Obviously, it was Obama. And what has he done? Did Ken Burns bring up anything regarding that perhaps this might be Obama's fault for not stepping up to the pump when he needed to step up to the pump? I just hope... Ken Burns is not related in any way to my family tree <laughs> going backwards. We do have the same last name. So I've got a couple of, a couple of things I want to say regarding that. But let's uh, clear up two items from yesterday's. You heard all this Chris Matthews sound. And one of the things he said is that opponents of the Iran deal are taking all sorts of full-page ads out, all of this advertisement, all trying to con the American people into thinking this deal's not any good. I haven't seen any ads other than the one that plays endlessly over and over, first starting with showing the General Ziv, And saying how this is the only alternative. This is the only possibility we have now. I only see one side. Blanket coverage regarding this is a great deal. Please. We need this deal. It's best for America and best for Israel. When We know that's not the case. Do you know why the opponents of the Iran deal don't have to say a word? Because the American people get it. Enough of the American people get it. Two-thirds say this deal is no good. Scrap it. Move on. Start again. And take America's interest first in the negotiation process going forward. So even Chris Matthews can't even get that right. That the bulk, the vast majority, if not 100% of every ad you see, and it's just that one ad, 
And it's on. It's, it must be on every hour at some point across the dial. The other thing I wanted to make mention of is I was, and again, this is a my fault for not being detailed in my notes and perhaps stopping the tape and actually writing down what I need to write down instead of not, a, uh, not enough notes to make my point. I brought up the fact that simple math, 11 million illegals. Let's just start with 11 million illegals. Probably a lot more illegal immigrants getting what? Government subsidies. Now, I put on $1,000 per illegal equaling $11 billion. You know what I forgot to do? That's on a monthly basis. Now, think about it. Whether it's food stamps they're getting, whether it's just a government subsidy for living expenses, or whether it's also education money, health care money, because they get health care for free. So $1,000 a month is probably a very lowball estimate of what people are receiving just for getting across the border. 11 million people times 1,000, a lowball figure of $1,000 a month is 11 billion a month times 12 months. That's $132 billion a year. And Trump's, or what they estimated the cost of building a wall or building, whether it's virtual, whether it's real wall, who was it? Was it Jeb Bush who said there are many places? Maybe it was Lindsey Graham. Many places that are just totally inaccessible to building a wall. Well, we're not talking about building a wall all the way across. In certain areas, you're going to need a wall. In certain other areas, it's just, this is America. We've got all the high tech we need to secure that border. And it's as long as it's backed up by actual enforcement at the border, if people do get through, this whole idea of self-deportation, I, I, I brought up Eisenhower when there was an illegal immigration problem during Eisenhower's days. They put something like 1,100 border agents on the border. Now, obviously, there were only certain areas that people were coming across, whereas they're coming across everywhere across that southern border now. Eisenhower implemented an enforcement at the border, and guess what happened? They left. There was no, there was no mandate from our government saying, you must self-deport. They just did. They just left, and then they didn't get a, They weren't coming across. And that whole immigration problem ended. So the estimate by ABC a few weeks back was $138 billion to build a wall. We spend $132 billion a year on, let's say, 11 million illegal immigrants, all the benefits they get, and that's a lowball figure. So is there plenty of money? Yes. Is $138 billion an overwhelming cost that we can't afford? No, it's, it's nothing compared to what we spend, compared to the taxes. Why don't you take one month's worth of tax revenue is coming in and you can build it. Boom, done deal. 
So I wanted to clarify that, and that's all my fault because of my notes. They didn't work very well. All right, let's get to some stuff. Surprise, oh, we all saw or heard, I heard it on the radio on the way home, the actual live, where Jorge Ramos, he is the head anchor of Univision, very influential, and this whole Donald Trump in uh, in Iowa's speech, and Jorge Ramos just stands up. I was actually on MSNBC or CNN. I was actually surprised to hear them make the comment that, well, he just stood up out of the sky blue. He really kind of interrupted the whole. And Trump said, you know, you're you're dissing all the other journalists in here by standing up. Wait your turn. And at the end of after they escorted him out, he was escorted back in and got to got to list all of his, well, his talking points. I don't even know if there was a question involved. But guess what? Ramos's daughter actually works for Hillary. We, we brought this up about three weeks ago. I don't know if I didn't even read the article. I just took the headline. And I promise you, she's not a volunteer. I promise you, as his daughter working for the Hillary campaign, she's getting a solid paycheck. Any quid pro quo there? Who knows? You would think that Hillary would might just say, you know, this is a fine line for you to actually be paid as a campaign worker for my campaign. We have no problem if you want to volunteer, but it's a little fine line to actually pay you. Doesn't matter in that world. A senator has accused Hillary Clinton of improperly passing state secrets to her lawyer. Kendall, the lawyer of long term for the for the Clintons, has always had their back. And actually somebody else in that law office had security clearances, but they didn't have the needed level. In a, quote, serious risk to national security, Hillary Clinton gave her State Department emails containing top secret and other classified information to her lawyer who lacked sufficient clearances to possess it and who kept it for as long as eight months. This is not the first instance in which a federal agency has tried to shut down inspectors general from doing their job. This time, the Obama administration is attempting to unilaterally obstruct oversight of their potentially corrupt dealings. And here we thought the Obama administration wasn't putting up roadblocks. Apparently they are. They're protecting their administration and the executive branch offices that tend to this State Department executive branch, uh, the intelligence agencies, executive branch. Now, of course, the people who are supposed to keep them honest, the inspector general's offices for both Department State and intelligence agencies, uh, obviously they're the enemies. And we had another video of Planned Parenthood come out, and it's Really tough. There's nothing really I can get sound-wise off of it because it's mostly reading all of the captions that are there with the buyers, the investigative buyers, talking to the lady who runs STEM Express. All I can say is that it's another incremental step confirming that this was all about making money. And this was all about utilizing every aspect at every age, 
whatever that fetal age is, whether it was a fully intact or whether it was parts that couldn't be left fully intact, that were itemized, that were, that were listed, that were put up for sale, and you get this, you get this significant impression that the goal for all of the entities involved, STEM Express, Planned Parenthood, and the clinic, you have this lady at STEM Express who runs STEM Express saying the goal is for everybody to make money on this. Remember that tape with Cecil, uh, Cecile on George, the, the president of Planned Parenthood, saying none of that was the case? Well, they're on tape, and the bottom line, it was all about volume. In fact, the heading of this particular video is called Planned Parenthood Baby Parts Buyer STEM Express Wants, and I heard this on the tape, she'd love the volume to be 50 livers a week. Well, we know that coincides with 50 abortions a week to get those livers. The goal and Again, the two outstanding things that stood out was it's all about volume and the goal is profits for everybody, including and really most important to keep them motivated at the actual clinics themselves where the abortions are carried out. So it's another step forward in understanding that defunding Planned Parenthood, this, that's a no-brainer in this regard. All right, let's do, uh, I'm just going through sheet by sheet here, and we have a mysterious, I don't know if you saw the picture of this, we've all seen the picture on Mars of the face, and with the shadow cast upon a certain angle, we see that it does look like a face. Now, there's been other pictures taken at different angles with different light, and it doesn't look like a face at all. Well... <laughs> this was pretty funny. This mysterious object, there's another mysterious object spotted on Mars. Curiosity rover will look eerily familiar to millions of Star Wars fans. A new photo taken by the probe shows what will look to many like a star destroyer from the blockbuster film franchise. And when you look at it, it is a little bit darker, but I can, again... I can see that this is all a matter of the different lighting, casting different shadows, and looking at this. It's definitely a rock, but that doesn't stop them from planting the seed that we're not alone. And not only are we not alone, but they've been on Mars before, and they've been here before, when all of that is, according to the rules, According to the theory of relativity, E equals MC squared. You can't go faster than the speed of light, which means space travel is totally inefficient. Totally. And what did I hear about uh, 1,900 light years away to the closest something? Well, at the speed of light, that's 1,900 years. Who's going to survive that? And again, if it takes us that long to get somewhere, it takes anybody else. There's no such thing as spaceships. All of the fantasies, the vanity of fantasies we have that's been taught to us in the science fiction realm, including, they are very impressionable, especially when we're young. And as I've said, 
The only real good thing about it is, and it goes against the grain of what Carl Sagan promoted, and we'll get to a little Carl Sagan or Stephen Hawking, the next version of Carl Sagan. The only thing good about it is, is if you ask 99.999% of people, are we alone in the universe? They're going to say no. That's the only good thing. It, it creates at least a landscape for the possibilities thereof going forward. And here it is. The Hawking black holes are passages to another universe. This is a rewrite of Carl Sagan from so many years ago. And uh, <laughs> we're going to go through some of the, it's. I tell you, the, the waste of genius mind regarding Stephen Hawking, and maybe he's not so genius, I guess, but the whole idea of trying to escape this planet, the whole idea that the whole objective of man's pursuit going forward is to get off the planet, is to trek out into outer space. Now, Stephen Hawking at least takes the understanding, he at least in this article understands that there are limitations. A funny thing is, is you ask any scientist, who are your top three sciences? And probably 99% will say number one is Albert Einstein. And yet they're trying to betray the very theory he has. All right, we'll be right back on the Tim Burns Show here on 810 KLVZ. Tim Burns for Nominal Exhibit Services. The convention business is big business. Why? Because big business is done at these conventions. 20%, 40 half the business for the entire year can be done at these conventions. If it's time for your company to step up and you just don't know where to start, I encourage you to call Nominal Exhibit Services. Not one company does it all, but one company takes care of all the logistics, and that's Nominal Exhibit Services. Call them at 303-901-9090. Hey John, what's up? Hey Dave, remember Hank's story about the key to a woman's heart is an unexpected gift at an unexpected time? Yeah, you were right. JT Jewelry does have some really cool stuff. So I did what Hank did. Got Amy two pieces of jewelry, and she loved them. And that special touch of going together to the jewelry store to get her pendant just the way she wanted it worked like a charm. Next time you see Hank, tell him thanks. I will, but let me tell you another story. I saw Bill, and he looked like a truck had run him over. I asked him what was wrong, and he said he went to a bunch of other jewelry stores looking to get a gift for Jean. And they had all the same stuff, and it was nothing but bling by all the same designers. He stepped up to the pump, spent a pretty good penny, and gave it to her, and she loved it. So he was a hero. Yep, but only until they went to a wedding reception a few days later. As people were introducing themselves, a lady came up, and they both noticed they were wearing the exact same pendant. Youch! Yep, he's been in the doghouse ever since. I'm gonna guess you told him about jt-jewelry.com. Yes, I did. All right, welcome back here. 
By the way, the market closed up 620 points today. Have we finally got the turnaround? Goldilocks is back. The one thing I did here, which was very surprising, talking about how good low prices on, I was very, very surprised. So I don't, I, maybe I already mentioned the market was up, but I was waiting the last 15, last half. In fact, CNBC was waiting. Is there something hiding here? Are the orders going to turn the market around? So it was a nice, healthy market after five straight, actually it was six straight days in a row of the market going down, but five straight days of the market dropping 100 plus points or more, five days in a row. That had never happened again. And the volume yesterday was, it was pretty, pretty big. So anyway, let's get back to Stephen Hawking. We might as well go through this. Black holes are the passage to another universe. This is the same thing Carl Sagan said long, long ago. He talked about, he had his little, his little narration of taking off in a spaceship. And Carl Sagan was the cosmos way back when. He's, well, he is basically the original thought behind, we're going to ruin our planet. We have to somehow find some way to get out of here. He was one of the original thoughts regarding a passageway through black holes and wormholes. Well, they've all fallen in love with it. But Carl Sagan took 10 billion worlds. I remember the one show I watched, and this was, this must have been 30 years ago. I remember him going through his little slow but sure evolutionary of it would take random chaos and the evolutionary randomness of everything to go from 10 billion worlds and 10% of them wouldn't make it to this point and he slowly but surely whittled his way down to perhaps there's only two maybe we're the only world who actually made it by time chance and by random chaos by stuff just happening we're the only world that actually made it to human evolution and as I've said if there's a chance for life on 10 billion worlds with this precise plan of creation from the great beyond and the civilizations of the great beyond, and I'm not talking about flesh and blood civilizations, talking about that which is not of the flesh. Anyway, with 10 billion worlds, if 10 billion worlds have the potential for life, life has either happened or it will happen. But that's not the way science thinks because they've embedded into their thinking this whole idea of random chaos. And again, I mentioned, I think Einstein saw the direction of the entire scientific community with this brand new random chaos theory. You know what's so convenient about random chaos theory? Is they can make up anything they want and just say, well, it just happened. That's the way it goes. Well, Carl Sagan took his little space flight journey trying to escape, trying to find a way. The one good thing he did is he has made the presumption because if you have to go through a black hole to get across the universe, then he's probably made the presumption that the speed of light is the speed limit. He actually believes Einstein in that regard. Animal, vegetable, mineral, atom, molecule, the speed limit is it cannot, 99.9% you can go according to the theory of relativity, 
But the one plus one equals two, you cannot betray that. You cannot go faster than the speed of light. And like I mentioned, even robots with artificial intelligence, they're still made of atoms and molecules. So we've got Carl Sagan taking his journey, gets in his spaceship, and I can just hear him now. All righty then, here we are. We're, we're in our spaceship made of star stuff. And we're moving on towards the black hole. I see it way out there. We've got our radioactive meters working furiously. All right, are we live back on Earth? Okay, here we head. And it looks like, yes, I, it's all black. It looks like it might be a hole. Can you hear me still? Yes, we're heading towards the black splat. Only to figure out there's no hole there. That's matter. It may be very dense and it may be very dark and may nothing and nothing may be able to escape from it. But that would be the last telecast as Carl Sagan heads to his black hole. There's no such things as wormholes. There's black, dark, big, gigantic, dark planets of matter out there. Look at them as the electrons in an atom. An electron is what keeps the protons, the neutrons, and the nucleus. They keep, the electrons are what keeps it together. Same is true. Everything's a pattern. There's all sorts of patterns out there that we can relay, that we can make analogies of. And the same is true with the pattern, whether it's an atom or the similar pattern of a gigantic star system or star systems or a galaxy for that matter. Something has to hold it in place. And that something is gravity. And that gravity and those foundations of gravity, the anchors that hold the universe together, are those what science calls black holes. They're not black holes at all. But the convenient thing about having a random chaos philosophy is, again, you can come up with all these mathematical formulations built upon the theory of relativity and say, okay, I've mathematically developed this string theory. I've mathematically developed this uh, theory that that I can fold space or bend it or go through a wormhole. And none of that, <laughs> at some point, science, as I've said before, science needs to come up with a brand new study and make the presumption that God exists. I think they will have an unbelievable learning curve if they just make presumptions that that which they can't prove by seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, or touching they have all sorts of theories they can't touch, taste, hear, smell, or feel. The Big Bang is the big one to start with. There's no proof of the Big Bang theory. It's a theory. They can't touch it, taste it. They can't prove it by scientific method, by scientific observation. It worked out mathematically. In fact, as far away as we are, it probably, from a scientific point of view, does look like it comes from nothing, when in fact, we just don't have the ability to see that far yet. Again, I have always said, the best thing that science, that NASA can do right now, is to start getting Hubble telescopes going off in all different directions, 
and take as many pictures as possible and start feeding those pictures back to science to see if they can see a certain galaxy, a certain universe, a certain star system, and then make comparisons to, well, you know, this star system looks like it's at stage one, and this star system looks like it might be, and start putting pieces of the puzzle that way. Instead of coming up with these theories that a lot of the times are just absurd, and then fumbling and stumbling their way trying to find pieces of the puzzle that actually fit it, and they never end up finding those pieces of the puzzle. But does that do away with the actual first theory that they came up with? No. Have they ever reevaluated the Big Bang Theory? Say, you know what? Maybe that's a primitive type of understanding. Let's go ahead and start all over again and reevaluate it. None of it. Because it's easy to teach. And besides, they need the money. All right, we'll be right back on the Tim Burns Show. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi, you can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. Okay, while you sit there, think about this. Prostate cancer is the second leading cause of cancer death in men, and African-American men are twice as likely to die from the disease. And if you're over 50 or have a family history, your risk for prostate cancer increases. So don't just sit there. Talk to your doctor about your risk for prostate cancer or log on to PCAW.com. A message from the Prostate Cancer Education Council with support from Merck. Tim Burns for DoggyDogWorldRescue.com. I want to tell you about some really good people. What started as one phone call from northern New Mexico in 2007 has turned into rescuing 500 and giving good homes to 500 animals a year. You know, they need your help. They need your donations. They do it all out of the goodness of their heart, out of their own pockets. I encourage you to give them a generous donation if you give to dog rescue operations. Go to DoggyDogWorldRescue.com and give generously. All right, let's continue uh, with this article on Stephen Hawking. And the one thing, he, he's made a slight bit of progress in the whole idea of, hey, the black hole's out there, the wormhole's within the black hole, and we can just go right through. He still has that same attitude, but he's added a little nuance to it because he's the next generation Einstein. Don't kid yourself. Maybe he is too genius for himself and he's just gone off the deep end. You know, sometimes that happens. Humans could escape from black holes rather than getting stuck in them. This is the new advancement. Apparently, you can get stuck in a black hole according to a new theory proposed by Stephen Hawking. Unfortunate space travelers won't be able to return to their own universe. So in other words, you go through the black hole, there's no return. 
and you don't even know where you're going. But they will be able to escape somewhere else, he proposed. Black holes, in fact, aren't as black as people thought and could be a way of getting through to an alternative universe. The existence of alternative history. Now, this is a little gobbledygook, but for those of you who've paid slight attention, you may get a little of this. The existence of alternative histories with black holes suggests this might be possible. I have no idea what the alternative histories are with black holes, other than Carl Sagan going splat. The hole would need to be large, and if it was rotating, it might have a passage to another universe. So they're looking at black holes like some sort of funnel cloud or something to that effect. But you could come back to our, but you couldn't come back to our universe. So although I'm keen on space flight, I'm not going to try that. In other words, he's not going to be the first on that ship. Hawking's proposal is an attempt to answer a problem that has tormented physicists about what happens to things when they go beyond the event horizon. I haven't looked into this, what this event horizon is, but it'll be a little self-explanatory when I read the next paragraph here, where even light can't get back. Now Hawking has proposed that the information is stored on the boundary at the event horizon. That means that it never makes its way back into the black hole and so never needs to make its way out uh, either. That would also mean that humans might not disappear if they fall into one. (laughs) They'd either stay as a hologram on the edge or fall out somewhere else. If you feel like you are in a black hole, don't give up. He told the audience at the end of his speech, there's a way out. Well, the way out is, why don't you guys just scrap all of this entirely and start over? So that is number one genius giving his guidance on where science should have all of their pursuits going forward. Again, all this idea of building spaceships, space travel, even if there were passages like this, It's all irrelevant. Look, there is so much work to do on our own planet. We'll never be able to escape our planet until we learn how to take care of our planet first. There'll be a reward. You make this planet really good and perhaps, but again, the rule of E equals MC squared. One plus one equals two. Space travel is inefficient, period even at the speed of light. I gave you that example. Walking from here to Niagara Falls, taking one step, counting one minute, then take another step. Is that an efficient way to go from here to Niagara Falls? Is that the best, most, the quickest way to get from here to Niagara Falls? One step, count a minute. One step, count a minute. Four years later, You've made it to Niagara Falls. Well, that's how our closest star is four light years away. That's as fast as we can go at the speed of light. And that's a waste of time. And at this point, from a scientific point of view, it's a waste of mine. Find some other stuff to go after. All right. Let's go. We talked about that drone flying near Obama as he golfed. 
And again, all you're doing is giving fodder. Now, maybe this was, I was thinking about this, and the only reason I'm bringing it up again, perhaps this was actually a CIA drone or a Secret Service drone that was up there above Obama keeping an eye on things around. That would make sense. But I've never seen a report so far. So it makes me think that that was an unwanted drone up in the sky and why that thing wasn't shot down immediately as it was seen blasted out of the sky i mean all of these events give terrorists something to think about terrorists who want to do damage first and foremost prime target is the white house whether they're jumping over the fence whether they're flying in on those little mini helicopters or whether it's just a drone by a drunken Secret Service guy. All of these are images that are going out telling the terrorist, wow, their security is really lax. Maybe we can come up with some ideas. Since they're so lazy intending to their own security, they're showing us that it's a lot easier than we thought. Could it be? Could that be? an image created? I mean, the bottom line is, if there's any one place that needs to be secure, it's the White House. And with all those events, I said yesterday, that Secret Service agent with the guy who hopped the fence and got into the front doors of the White House, now, none of the first family was there, but this Secret Service had his agent had his gun drawn, ready to take the guy down. He didn't have to kill him. He probably should have, but he could have taken out a knee. He could have fired a bullet in each leg, and that guy would have not have entered. The guy would have been alive. Instead, they let him just run. It, it is amazing how lackadaisical this administration is. I can promise you that would not have happened. In fact, I can just envision post-9-11, within the first two, three years, if drones were around like they are now, and a drone flies above Bush playing golf, which he stopped playing golf early on, post 9-11, I can just imagine <laughs> you'd have a, here's, here's Bush taking a swing of the golf club, and the next thing you know, you see, this, you see this little missile fired at this drone in the sky, blowing it up. Why not? That's what his mission was. He wanted to make sure this country was safe. All right, let's move to a little... Yeah, there's been a little bit of uh, talk regarding Jeb Bush getting in trouble, talking about anchor babies and the fact that he wasn't talking necessarily about Hispanics. He was talking about the Asian community. And here is a story. And, of course, he's gotten riddled with it as, well, okay, so you're not a racist from your wife's heritage point of view, but you're a racist from another heritage point of view. They can't wait to put these labels on anybody who's not of the politically correct, democratic, liberally elite crowd. Birth tourism, 71% of illegals with kids collect welfare. Wow. They're instantly 
granted it too, paid $35,000 to have their second child in the United States. In 2012, Chinese state media reported 10,000 tourist births by Chinese couples in the United States. Other estimates go as high as 60,000. Illegal immigrants generally access welfare programs through their U.S.-born children, to whom government assistance is guaranteed. Additionally, U.S.-born children of illegal aliens are entitled to American public schools, health care, and more, even through illegal alien households who rarely pay any taxes. So this is just a gigantic handout of money. And you don't think these people understand whatever race, whatever country they're coming from, that if the goal is to have a baby on their soil, because not only is the baby guaranteed U.S. citizenship and all the benefits thereof, well, the parents get tied to it too. Hey, the baby can't go down. The infant can't go down and sign up for food stamps. Can, can it? No. U.S.-born children of illegal aliens can sponsor the immigration of family members once they come of age. At 18, an anchor baby can sponsor an overseas spouse and unmarried children of his own. Do you not think that the Obama administration understands this down to a fine art? This is why we have all the gates wide open in this country. This is why instead of being deported instead of going through a deportation instead of being held they're released and yet they're guided to go to a certain door to show up to to flood the system to put so much pressure on every doorway into what they think or what the Obama administration's believe is an access eventually first and foremost to legal status and eventually to citizenship. This is where I came up with 11 million turns into 22, 33, 44. And in 20 years, hey, look at these, these babies. By the time they get to 18, they can sponsor all sorts of people, all sorts of family-related people. All right, the IRS, uh, oh, IRS found yet another lowest learner email account. I tell you, if this was under any other administration, I just think about all of the potential for a media, a deadheaded media, to drop the idea of having some sort of bias and motives in bias and somehow finds their way back to the prime objective of a free press. They would be having a field day. Iris finds yet another Toby Miles account. That's the name on the email account. Linked to government business. Now this is proof. This is proof that Lois Lerner, hey, we've heard about the email and Hillary situation and all the Hillary defenders coming out that, oh, secretaries of state had all sorts of private accounts outside of their .gov account or within the .gov. They may have had personal, like I mentioned yesterday, hey, you don't want to send out wedding invitations off your official state department .gov email address. 
So it makes sense. But do you think that Colin Powell would have had that private account saying Toby Miles? No, that would have been pretty suspicious. Why, if it's just a private account, it's just something she's doing, Lois Lerner, doing her private stuff on. She's talking about potential grandchildren, the baby shower, whatever the case may be. Where do you want to go to dinner tonight? Using that email, then why would she use Toby Miles? Because there's an agenda there. Just the email address alone, the email name and that address alone shows you that this was a dedicated, detailed plan for Lois Lerner to run the, well, the get in the way of all Obama's political enemies regarding tax-exempt organizations. I mean, there's a couple of them that have been waiting five years to the day right now. They haven't been approved. And Obama's brother, less than a month, he was approved. No scrutiny. Now, this further complicates the administration efforts to be transparent about Ms. Lerner's actions during the Tea Party tar targeting scandal, you think? If you pay attention at all, you don't have to think about that because you know that the, all the information, all the pieces of the puzzle that we know right now, it's pretty obvious. It is simply astonishing that years after this scandal erupted, we are learning about an account Lois Lerner used that evidently hadn't been searched. Accusing the IRS of hiding Lerner-related information throughout. Oh, the IRS wouldn't do that, wouldn't protect their own. Especially, well, she, gee, she could protect her own, her own email addresses. You know, when, when you're the one who has the gold and you're making the rules, well, you're not beholden to anybody. You're not accountable to anybody. You're not responsible to anybody except the executive branch, except to the Obama upper elite administration officials. How could she get away with that right underneath them? Pretty obvious, isn't it? Including the existence of backup tapes of her official email account. They just found these which the agency inspector general easily found once it went looking for them. So they thought they had the gig so wired that they didn't even have to destroy these things, apparently. Or maybe this really would have brought into context that there's a dedicated, we're going to have to break the law in order to hide this stuff. All right, so we've got the, uh, I read that. Oh, here's a good one. This is actually pretty good. And this kind of goes along with, and we'll do this when we come back from break here, but I've got that article, Mind-Blowing Temperature Fraud at NOAA, the National Oceanic Admin and Atmospheric Administration. This is, I believe, underneath NASA. And it does talk about how they've manipulated or ignore. They only choose what temperature readings they want because they have an outcome to desire. Well, Calgary, stunned by snowfall in the middle of summer. A couple of days ago, snow falling in Calgary. All right, we'll be right back on the Tim Burns Show.
Tim Burns, Phenomenal Exhibit Services. You know, big business is done at these conventions, and if you are the responsible party at your company for making those exhibits work right on the convention floor, and it seems that it's nothing but hassles and headaches and nightmares, that the logistics just aren't working, I encourage you to make a phone call to Nominal Exhibit Services. They're the one place that starts and ends the process. They take you from point A to point B, and they will free up the most important thing you need, time to do business at these conventions conventions. So call them 303-901-9090. Hey John, what's up? Hey Dave, I'm going to get Sue something from this really cool jewelry website. What's the special occasion? There isn't one, but I was talking to Hank and he said he went to JT Jewelry and got Jill something. And funny story, he was watching a movie and heard the line, the key to a woman's heart is an unexpected gift at an unexpected time. He goes to JT Jewelry and not only got her a pair of earrings, he got her a pendant too. He gives her the earrings and she loved them. A few minutes later, he gives her the pendant and tells her, let's go to the jewelry store and get fitted into a necklace that's just the way you want it. He got her two pieces of jewelry? Yeah, he said the prices were so good he couldn't resist, but the story gets better. They went to a company outing and the boss's wife saw the pendant and just loved it. Jill was a hit of the party. That must have made him feel good. Good. Hank said the night might have been even better than his wedding night. (laughs) (laughs) What's that website again? JT-Jewelry.com for the final segment this hour and the only hour of the Tim Burns show. Calgary stunned by snowfall in the middle of the summer. The big gig that came out is that somehow, someway, July was the hottest year on record. Now, (laughs) I have no idea if this is a worldwide measurement They don't really get specific unless we get to it through the article and find that they are specific. But we know that the last three or four years, this is one of the cool... Last July, here in Denver anyway, was one of the coolest Julys on record. It was well below normal. So the U.S. government is at it again, hyping meaningless records in a parameter that does not exist in order to frighten us all about something that doesn't matter. I like the way that that guy put that. NASA and NOAA announced this week, according to their calculations, now, calculations according to their calculations, well, that's a wide swath of interpretation, and they use that wide swath at NASA and NOAA because they can make it up as they go along. July 2015 was the hottest month since instrumental records began in 1880. Noah says that the record was set by eight one-hundredths of a degree Celsius. NASA calculates that July 2015 beat what they assert was the previous... Listen to how close, how incremental the movement above what their reading was is. 
beat what they assert was the previous warmest month, July 2011. Now, 2011 was hot across this country. We all remember that. That was the, in Colorado, that was, the whole state was on fire. And that was a very dry, very hot. I went through those temperatures. They were, there was, well, I can't, I don't have the sheet in front of me, but it was such a stark difference between the July then and the July now that we just experienced. They assert was the previous warmest month, July 2011th, by two one-hundredths of a degree. Two one-hundredths of a degree. Government spokespeople rarely mention the inconvenient fact that these records are being set by less than the uncertainty in the statistics. We're familiar with what they call the margin of error in polls. We'll look at it that way. It's not even near any kind of margin of error. But yet, they're able to take this and tout this as when in fact it could have been with that margin of error, it actually could have been below the July 2011 record set. Government, uh, let's see here. Noah claims an uncertainty... This is in their books, a 14 one-hundredths degree. There's the margin of error, 14 one-hundredths. And yet, they're promoting this as the hottest July ever in the history of records as two one-hundredths, when in fact their margin of error is 14 one-hundredths. This is how, this is how insincere, this is how, well, blatantly... <laughs> non-integrity filled that this whole operation is trying to perpetrate this fraud on not just the American people but the entire world we go through ups and downs I mean look at the smoke that's been over us here in Denver you think that's cooled us down a little bit over the last well in theory yes it has to sunlight can't make it through as it does when the skies are clear versus when the skies are smoky and or cloudy NASA says that their data is typically accurate to one-tenth of a degree. That is ten one-hundredths. Five times the amount by which their new record was set. So they literally just made this up. Such misinterpretations are now commonplace in NASA and NOAA announcement. They are regularly proclaiming monthly and yearly records set by less than the uncertainties in the measurements. Scientists within the agencies know that this is dishonest. You know, there are plenty of underlings, plenty of the ones not in the elite little coffee room, not invited to the boardroom where all these decisions and all this propaganda is going out there are actual really good people just like in the education system there are really good people trapped in a an education system because of the union infrastructure they're trapped and they can't they can't do anything new because if you go outside the very narrowly focused curriculum and the way of life that this union education, union-dominated education system presents. I mean, again, 
how can one curriculum that goes to rural areas and be a same curriculum that applies to an inner city area? Doesn't make any sense. See, it's all about you fit our model, not an education system that says, we're going to create models that help you find your niche student. It's all about your potential. And we just got this good idea from a teacher who says she wants to implement this, this little experiment in her school. Go for it. You may just discover a better educational mousetrap. And if you do, man, we're going to implement it across maybe a, a larger section and see if it works. And then perhaps it integrates across the entire education system. But if you don't have a landscape of, you know, we talk about it in trade and commerce as that landscape of entrepreneurial ingenuity, you could have that within education also. But because, of the, because it is so rigid, it can never be done. All right, so we've got, uh, they also know that calculating so-called global average temperatures to hundreds of degree are irrational. After all, there is very little data for 70% of the Earth's surface, that is ocean. There's no way to measure all this stuff. Then they take measurements that are 700, incorporate 750 miles. So in other words, they make calculations with, for propagandizing us that the temperature in Ottawa, Canada is the same as the temperature in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Now we know that that's not true, right? But this is how they're reworking statistics in order to create the outcomes that they desire. It's scientifically sinful. All right, TimBurnShow.com. Have a great day. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.